It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is a crowd podcast. All promoters hate you and think you've got an agenda. Have you put a YouTuber on the cover of Boxing News yet? Dragged from the bar and thrown in the ring and it just becomes horrible. What does editor actually mean? Conor Ben has still not been banned. Frotch week. I always strive just to be honest. Let's get on with it. I'm George. He's Deck. Hello. It's the George Groves Boxing Club. Good morning, Deck. Good morning, George. How are you? I'm brilliant. Before you look at your watch and adjust it, mm. it is Monday, mate. Oh, yeah. Bonus episode. Enjoy. Tell them why why we're here on a Monday. You've got some housekeeping to do first, haven't we? We're going to do some comments and we've got a competition winner. Got the competition winner? Yes, we got the so competition winner. So the competition's winner. over, isn't it? It's been a while. In case anyone <laughs> forgot what the competition was, they were going to win a signed glove. It was signed by myself and the Cobra Cole Frotch to celebrate um, him joining the club. So, uh, yeah, we've had, we had loads of entries for that, which was brilliant. Uh, and they all went in a hat. One was selected at random by a fingertips, pulled them yeah. out, had a red. Uh, do you want me to read out the winning deck? Yeah, I'll tell you, before we go, let me just have a couple, because there were some great ones. Well, some of the comments, a couple of people, I must say, George, liked the uh, mandible section of the cranium. He's been working on that, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. I've heard that one before. That was 1310 of part two, apparently. Elliot Austin, he was one of the people who picked that. Unfortunately, Elliot didn't win this time, but thanks so much for your entry. Another one that people really liked was... Frotch calling um, Jake Paul a ponce. <laughs> that popped up regularly, but unfortunately, all of you lot, that one didn't win either in the draw. Devin Cameron, remember Devin Cameron? Devin yes. Cameron with an X on the, instead of the O. He picked the winning one, but unfortunately, Devin, you weren't the person selected in the draw. I guess we could call him a runner-up because the winning quote he also picked, but his name didn't come out. Whose name came out, George? And what was the winning quote? It was, of course... Stanley Desmond 24. Oh, Stanley Desmond 24. All, all lowercase, Stanley underscore Desmond underscore 24. He came in with, when Cole said his head was bouncing about 
like a softball. Part two, timestamp, eight minutes, zero three. Hold on. Have you rigged this to get the bit where Cole says you punch his head in like a Argos bouncy ball? <laughs> <laughs> it must be best, It must be, exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, there was, it was loads of fantastic yeah. uh, quotes. And thanks everyone else for all your entries. Really appreciate it. And keep the comments coming in. If you want to hear your comment read out, yeah. make sure it's great and it definitely is in there with a chance of uh, being heard in the club. Yeah, and iTunes reviews. We love iTunes reviews. Can you review anything else? Spotify, I mean, TikTok, Amazon. I don't know. Yep, TikTok. Get on the yeah. TikTok. TikTok, I'm still still in the dark ages, but GG Boxing Club is not and it's got a TikTok account, so get on there. Can you comment on TikTok, Deck? I have literally no idea. Couldn't tell you. Share it, like it, follow it. Tell your mum if she's on TikTok. <laughs> Passive-aggressive again. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of passive aggressive, this is not passive aggressive in any way, but that was a stadium fight which you and Carl Froch had. Mm -hmm. It's another stadium fight this weekend. There is. I think we should get into it, don't you? Yes, yes. We got Tyson Fury fighting and defending his WBC World Heavyweight title against Derek Chisora. Stadium fight. You're a veteran of them. <laughs> Tyson Fury and Derek Chisora are veterans of fighting each other. Mm. It's 2 0 Tyson Fury. He's the, he's the WBC World Heavyweight Champion, undefeated, number one heavyweight. Some people might say Alexander Usyk. No, I think Usyk beats him. Oh, okay, go on. Sometimes I say it to split the room or to upset the room. It's sort of it's almost like you can't go against Tyson Fury. So why not, mm. hey? Why not? But he's a, he's a massive favourite, obviously, going into this Derek Chisora fight. He's got the wins over Chisora. When was the last time they boxed, Dick? They boxed first time around 2011. So they boxed for the first time 11 years ago now, over 11 years, because it was in the summer of 2011. And Tyson Fury won a unanimous decision, but it was a different Tyson Fury back then. And then they had a rematch in 2014. So again, still eight years ago. And that was the November, I believe, of 2014. And Tyson Fury did the number on him. I remember that night we spoke to him after in the press conference really late. They were absolutely super confident. Mick Hennessy, Frank Warren, Tyson Fury, Peter Fury, everyone was going we're going to beat Klitschko. And then it was preposterous. Remember at the time, he was a massive outside. When you look back at it now, you think, oh, actually, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And obviously the Tyson Fury we know now. But then he beat Derek Chisora in a fight that he was a favourite for, but not so big. Goes on and beats Klitschko. Kind of the rest is history. We're talking eight years ago. He has come on, unbelievably so, to be the number one heavyweight in the world in many people's eyes. But Derek Chisora also has changed since that night. What we're being told is that he's best equipped at this point now to beat Tyson Fury. And I'm not sure if I buy it. Did he elaborate on why? Because it's this new Derek Chisora, this war Chisora, he's fit. Remember, right, yeah, remember right. we had Ruben Tavares in there and he was yeah. saying he's hitting better numbers now than he ever did. And he's doing it right and he's training correctly and he's eating correctly. And and Tyson Fury that night absolutely walked him all over the ring. You know, and he was a different boxer then, wasn't he? Both stances, box move, because he was always on his feet. He was never really knocking anyone out, but he's changed now. He holds his feet, sets them, knocked out Deontay Wilder twice. I'm not sure. I mean, Derek Chisora... When he's fit and on it and up for it, which I can't imagine he's not, when he's been given a chance to fight for a heavyweight world title fight, which, when was the last time that happened, Deck? Yeah. You know? He, From out of nowhere. He boxed Klitschko for the same belt, but this is a, a big opportunity. I mean, the fight when the fight was made, it was almost a bit bizarre because it was like Fury was retired and then was calling out anyone and everyone. Yeah, Joshua. Chisora's reply, he's, sort of, he's on a sunbed somewhere saying, send me some money or send me a contract or let me know the figures or something like that. He was very nonchalant, very sort of laid back, very, yeah, whatever. It's, it's not my first rodeo. But now the fight's made, it's a stadium fight. Deck. Having said that, he sold something like 50,000 tickets in the first day, which I found stunning on a fight that 
to all in tents and purposes, people saying we didn't want to see, and then 50,000 people buy tickets. Derek Chisora as well, we should point out that he's coming off the back of maybe the best win of his career against Kubrat Pulev, one of the biggest names in his in his resume. But I remember before that fight, people were saying, should he retire? He's gone from villain to hero. He wasn't very endearing to, to the British fan. He didn't care, you know, for a long time. Um, he was controversial and um, red-blooded, like just would make mad decisions. He was very unpredictable. And I felt like that made him a bit of a, sc a scary fighter, but he, he wouldn't necessarily show up in shape. Like while he went underneath the sort of the haymaker banner uh, and then probably linked up with Ruben Tavares and a few others, you wouldn't really see a boxing coach with Chisora, or maybe there was and I missed it, but him being a seasoned fighter and now in shape, it made him a bit of a force. He has got a lot of losses on his record, so it does make it a little bit harder to sell. But I suppose two Brits, heavyweights, world titles, it sells. Mm. So We should point out as well that Tyson Fury, like you say, he wanted to box Joshua, called him out, but you know, there was whoever side you listen to or believe didn't happen. So who cares? He also wanted to box, box Usyk for quote unquote all the belts, but Usyk said he wasn't ready this year. Obviously, everything's going on in Ukraine. He just boxed Joshua. He wanted a break. Fair enough. Doesn't want to fight. Tyson Fury was then going down the list essentially, and Joe Joe Joyce couldn't box on the third of December, which is the date he wanted to go later in December. So he needed an opponent. Deontay Wilder. Andy Ruiz, another couple of names who were chucked in. They look like they're going to box each other and the winner's going to box Fury or for the WBC belt. So you can kind of then see eventually they got round to Jazora and they think, okay, he's marketable still. Look, 50,000 people have bought it. It's a fight that some people are going to want to see. But the question for you, George, is can he pull it out of the bag? I don't think Jazora can pull it out of the bag mm. uh, against He'd have to knock him out. Fury. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd imagine that he starts quick and Fury doesn't and he might catch him. Doesn't necessarily need to get rid of him there and then, but he catches him and hurts him hard enough where it'll play out throughout the fight. Chisora is a handful. You know, he's got a great chin. I mean, apart from David Hay, who could one of the hardest punches there were in that generation, who no one really has ever got rid of him or hurt him. Dylan yeah. White knocked him out, but that he Nip was it was in the eleventh round yeah. and he was up on the cards, you know. Derek Chisora usually always delivers entertainment now, especially since he's he's a fit fighter. He knows the difference between fighting unfit and fighting fit and this fight five even close to 10 years ago you'd think oh fury's gonna try and fiddle him and box him and just gonna try and win on points and for me that's not particularly exciting but two heavyweights who you think one of them's gonna have to go that's exciting mm. final question then we've had some big upsets in heavyweight british heavyweight boxing even in recent years i'm thinking joshua losing to andy ruiz in new york was massive where would tyson fury getting chinned by Derek Chisora at tottenham in a voluntary defense rank in the sort of upsets in british heavyweight boxing that's got to be a bigger upset than... You reckon he goes straight in at number one if he can do it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't look, we go through his resume. He's got 12 losses on his record. Mm. Maybe one or two are a bit unfair, but he's got 12 losses on his record. He's 38. He's had a long, hard career. He's facing a guy who's beaten twice already. Someone who you believe is an improved fighter. I know Chisora's an improved fighter, but Fury's also uh, an improved fighter. And if Tyson Fury wins, he's WBC champion. We all hope he then goes on to unify all the belts. And the belts is one of the talking points with our guest today, Matt Christie. He has a very strong opinion on the belts and all other things in boxing. Should we get him in? Yes, let's get Matt get in. in. Today, Deck, mm. we have a multi-award-winning editor in the club. Just like you, Deck, though, he is a journalist. He is part of a long-running boxing magazine 
Boxing News. Mm-hmm. It's Matt Christie. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Yes. It really is. Oh, wow. Yeah, there what, we go. What, what, He's in the club. He's I'm in, in the, the club. club. Are you the editor of the club then? Yeah. You do the comms and stuff. Oh, fuck. Ross does that already, doesn't he? Does it all. <laughs> yeah. Ross here. He we'll writes we'll the theme tune, sort of, sing the theme yeah. tune. Yeah. We've got an editor though, officially. And it's great to have you, mate. I was just saying to you guys off air that the only one I haven't listened to is the second one, the Sowlands. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? In a sport like boxing, to have created what you've created where you can have a bit of a laugh and get down to some serious stuff and the mix it's a breath of fresh air in a boxing world that is sometimes so flipping filthy yeah you just don't want to be involved in it but this podcast genuinely hand on heart it's an absolute cracker oh, right, wow chop, there you go that's chop, the can you prom- chop that yep. for the Christmas one yeah get that in there <laughs> we need some we need some quotes for the Christmas one that is a breath of fresh air yeah in a, in a dank otherwise atmosphere we will get into some serious stuff though Matt because Again, we'll get into this, but you f- seem like a man sometimes on the edge with this sport mm. and your position as the editor of Boxing News, which is an esteemed position in the world of sports journalism, obviously boxing journalism more so. It is like the pinnacle to be the editor of Boxing News. And I know that you feel that as well. It's it's a great honour to be the editor of Boxing News. I mean, I've read Boxing News since I was a kid. And I think it's my role really to kind of both speak up for the sport and speak against it when I feel like it's misbehaving. And as a consequence, it can be quite, as you say, yet now and again, I do feel like I'm on the edge. I feel like I can't continue to work in this sport because journalists by and large, no offence to anybody, but by and large, a boxing journalist will just cover the big events. Whereas when you're the editor of Boxing News, I'm speaking to poor coaches down at grassroots level, I'm speaking to elite level fighters and anything in between. And some of the horror stories that you hear on a, at least a weekly basis really can make you think, what am I doing in this? Why have I dedicated my entire life to boxing? And then you go back to that little six-year-old kid that I used to be and just think, why didn't I just get interested in banking or something <laughs> that would, you know, I could have a clear conscience and I'd probably be pretty clear rich conscience by now. in banking <laughs> oh no yeah but you but you I know what i mean yeah and george george you graced the cover back-to-back covers didn't you Box i had news. three back-to-back covers Ooh, the hat trick frotch week frotch result and then sharky came on and he made his cover for the boxing news with my moody sort mm. of whinging and moaning about decision in the first fight against okay so, that, so it was the preview the preview edition which is obviously you and kyle on the front mm. Then the post, like the report edition from Manchester, mm. that one. And then the week after was the Moody one. Yep. So like the reflection. Wow. We grew up with the boxing news. Um, we used to go WH Smith's with my dad. He'd get it every week. But it wasn't always, you know, like the Fulham Chronicle or the Hammersmith Gazette or whatever was when I was in it. But the, but the boxing news obviously was every week. We all have an association with it as well. Like obviously you being on the cover as a boxer, but I'm sure you used to look at the amateur section for your name and whatnot. I wanted to get second to back page. And it was, you know, what's your favourite breakfast? Oh, that one, yeah. What was, did what you, was you ever do that? 60 seconds? I made, I did, yeah. You get, you did I it. reckon it was probably around British title level, mm. maybe Commonwealth title level. I still love that bit. Do I, you really? I do, because I know, I know your yeah. editor's hat on, you're probably thinking, do people still read that? Do we need that? I love it. And often it is your first introduction to a lot of, or first exposure to a lot of these boxers. And it is good. And that's so funny that as a boxer, you were like, I might get the 60 seconds with one day. And it's funny because Phil Sharkey, if you haven't listened to that great episode with the photographer, and he talks about how important the boxing news is to him and his profession. Same with me. I contribute to boxing news even now as a journalist r- working on a Dylan White feature right now. But you have to somehow straddle that feeling of pride with actually delivering a product. You're always kind of, I know it's a cliche, but you are always on that treadmill. So we'll put one to bed on a Tuesday night um, and that has to go to press at seven o'clock. Absolutely. It's got to go to press at seven o'clock. 
And then on the Wednesday, you're 7 p.m. Tuesday. 7 p.m. Tuesday. Yeah. And then on the Wednesday, you're starting the next one. But I know for a fact that you are already well aware, you're working on additions well ahead of the next one. In an right ideal now. world, yeah. yeah. Well, Boxing News cover uh, every, every round, every, every bunch. bunch. So every weekend is busy, yeah? I mean, sometimes it can be the ones I can imagine that are not on the TV that could be just as busy, if not harder, because you have to have people up and down the country. They're the headache. I mean, believe <laughs> it or not, now and again, sometimes I struggle to find someone who fancies a 13 fight card in Doncaster. Yeah, sharply. Uh, <laughs> you know, but it's things like that, and they're happening up and down the country every weekend. I mean, personally, I think there's there's just too many. Nine times out of ten, you'll both know, on, on, on a, say, a card in Doncaster, say if there's 13 fights, there's essentially 13 winners there pre-scripted beforehand. Yeah. And when you, but what you're finding now is increasingly it's difficult to actually get those people that are on the left-hand side of the bill to fight more people that are on the left-hand side of the bill. Mm -hmm. So it's and, and you so as a consequence, you end up with an 800-word report where the writer is just doing their best to try and make a 40-36 or a 60-54 sound, you know, interesting. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, having read probably more of those reports than anybody on planet Earth, it just can become mind-numbing in the extreme, and you just think, oh, God, I can't, I can't do this again. But I was reading reports yeah. on the train on the way in and subbing those and popping those in the file and everything. I was doing that, and I'll be doing it again on, when and, I'm on the way back. And as a reporter reporting on the action, the, the reports that you do and send into Boxing News, they all have to include, obviously, the names of the fighters, hometowns, weights, record, like every bit of detail is in every report. The standards are so high. Mm. Can I ask, as a non-journalist, what does editor actually mean? I will decide what goes on every page and I'll essentially be, um, I'll represent boxing news in the boxing world, I suppose. Mm. Uh, so yeah, we start off on a Wednesday. So one, one issue has gone to bed Tuesday night, get up on a Wednesday and then you've got 48 pages to fill. And I will just work out what's going to go on every page. We're going to have a four page feature there. We're going to have a two page Q and A. And the first thing you always do is you go through the action that's coming up. So you know what reports you need and then you go, to the weekend after that so you know what you're going to be previewing mm. and then once you've got your previews and your action in place that's when the rest of it starts to fill out so that's when you'll have oh, okay that's a good fight we could probably do the feature on those as well mm -hmm. we could do with this and do with that then you've got all your news stories at the top end and you have that structure on a Wednesday but even at four o'clock on a Tuesday I'm still chopping things if we're not getting that reporting or we're not getting that news story or all of a sudden somebody's failed a drug test mm. or a fight's just been cancelled which happens uh, and then you have to redo so much of it really really late in the day and mm. that is that's a pain in the neck how much of the boxing news would you say is a reflection of what you're thinking and feeling do you have to have debate do you have to have a yin and yang is there someone else who you bounce off or is this two one way or the other i'm very conscious that say during a particularly bleak week and there was one not so long ago with uh, Conor Ben failing a drug test, mm. which then resulted in that fight being cancelled with Chris Eubank Jr. And you're looking at what's going on behind the scenes with that. And it's very, very difficult to be positive about anything to do with that scenario. But as you're writing it, and I would probably say in terms of all of the editorials that I've written over the years, I would say it's probably 50-50 in terms of positive and negative. Um, but when you are writing a particularly negative, albeit important editorial, you are very conscious thinking, does, does, do people really want to read this when you just you, when, when I'm being so... <laughs> I suppose, for want of a better word, cynical or critical of the sport that I love. And you're just thinking, hang on a minute, am I turning people off the sport here just by being so negative about it? But what you will find during the issue is there's so many really good writers in there, like Deck, 
Elliot Wurzel, Steve Bunce is always exceptionally positive about the sport and I think we need that in boxing news and I think that's two of the best pages in there is what Steve Bunce has got to say. He's always very, very positive, as he should be. Mm. Um, but then you've got George Gigney looking at the media review. We've got people like Thomas Hauser, uh, Springs Toledo. I think, I think one of the proudest things that I've done at Boxing News is I have created something that I think any boxing fan will enjoy reading. Another challenge you have, though, I know this, is that promoters, basically all promoters, hate you and think you've got an agenda. Yeah, every single one of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about those agendas. Yeah. <laughs> Where did they stem from? <laughs> I mean, ultimately, again, going back to, to what I was saying about balance, if I put myself in their shoes, I can understand why they may feel slighted on a particular week. But ultimately, the thing that's going to get the most column inches or the most social media posts or the most space on our website is generally governed by the size of the story or the size of the fight. It's not a case of thinking, oh, no, I'm not even going to mention this fight this week. I can't stand that promoter. I'm not going to do that. What's important to me is the fight or the story. Who's promoting it really should be secondary. Um, and I do not give it a second thought. Most promoters believe that we have a favourite promoter and it's not them. Yeah. <laughs> but you're like in the in the reports and stuff, you have to do a star rating or previews, you have to do a star rating out of five. Which I is, know where we're going. Yeah, here. You know, well, I'm not even going to bring that, that moment up, <laughs> but... I think people involved in the sport do forget that it is also a sport. It's a bit more of an emotional one. You might know what I mean by that. But like football, it's like football journalism, which I also do, is like you can sort of say what you want about football players, don't really care. But when you're having a go at a boxer or not even having a go, but in critical in any way or picking up on something or whatever, questioning it, it's far more emotional, I think. And then promoters feel that as well. They feel like you're having a go at them. And it's like, this is still a sport. It's a product that you're serving us. Anybody that reads Boxing News regularly will know that I always strive just to be honest and I will always offer an honest opinion. It may not be the same as everybody else's opinion, but yeah, it's just, it, it, it's exceptionally difficult. There's certain writers that will ask, well, how do you want me to ap approach this particular one? I'm just like, as long as you're honest, you've got all the facts right, do it as you want to do it because I don't want, I don't want every voice to echo mine. I want every, I want so many different personalities to come, to come through. And I think it does. I think That's it great. does. Mm. How do you decide upon a headline of an article? Yeah, I mean, we made, a few years ago, we were, in fact, when I was the online editor, before I was the editor, I was the online editor, and I was just looking after the website, and I became, I'm almost ashamed to say, pretty good at the old clickbait stuff. And you can get a little bit drunk on it when you're looking at the analytics. Yeah, But yeah. then I made the decision when I, moved, when I moved up to editor, and we took the website in a slightly different direction, Boxing News is better than clickbait. Even though it is, Don't pay the bills though. It, no, yeah, no, but, but yeah, because we, but this is this is the difficult thing. So mm. we operate online, which is a jungle, isn't it? But at the same time, I do think that there is appetite for that honesty that Boxing News provides. So we try and steer clear a little bit of clickbait. However, you can still create an enticing headline that isn't leading readers completely down the wrong path. Also, do you feel like your readership, boxing fans only? Yeah, you are. Yeah, you don't. So, so you don't I even. So. I mean, there's, there's attempt to. Uh, open the doors and 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 a big fight do you see an opening of the door like an Anthony Joshua or something like that yeah Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury in terms of looking at our figures on the website figures on our podcast the issue sales it's either going to be a big fight report or a big fight preview or it's a scandal how much um, impact does it I know it did at one point how much nowadays does it, the impact of who is on the cover 
to sales. Do you do have to give that some thought? And I'll generally give that some thought on the Wednesday beforehand. Um, and sometimes you can put some odd things on the front cover, uh, even if the front, you know, we had, there was a Floyd Mayweather exhibition uh, a year or 18 months ago, and I can't remember what we called something like the last heist or Mayweather continues to play with boxing. So clearly we were not, we were not bigging him up. And then you get people on Twitter going ballistic that you've put Floyd Mayweather on the front of boxing. You, there's people that deserve it more than that. There's people, we understand that. There are, there's loads of people that deserve to be on the front cover of Boxing News, but at the same time, we can't be stupid. Who, who's on the front or what's on the front has a huge, plays a huge part in how many copies they sell. Have, have you ever, have you put a YouTuber on the cover of Boxing News yet? Almost put Jake Paul on. Almost did Jake Paul on the column, but then the fight fell through. For example, um, I know the guys at, some of the guys at The Zone, some of the guys at Wasserman who are talking about the KSI shows and then saying that, if there are any losses on legitimate boxing shows, they're going to get recouped um, from these YouTuber shows that are doing really well. I'm still like, oh, all right, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Are you really selling all them tickets and how much are they going for and how many giveaways and is it really boxing? If these are the kind of events that will come along and generate the most attention, then the sport itself, the structure of the sport is doing something wrong. And I just think it's just become so diluted now with so many different strands, so many different championships, TV companies all jostling for position, but if they fight on that TV station, they can't fight on this one. So the product at the heart of it, and, and let's not forget the product that drew so many in was that act of fighting. If the things like the Pauls are coming along and creating the storylines and just and generate and essentially just having the fight that people want to see, then you can see why people are, are getting involved with that instead of the real sport. People will say I'm insane for saying that I think there should be some kind of fixture list at elite boxing, but I absolutely think there should be. Every sport that does well has that fixture list in place or it has a championship in place. And if one more person says, well, this is boxing, it won't work. I'm going to go mad. Just because it hasn't happened in the past doesn't mean that we should just keep doing what we've been doing. Yeah, no, I got you and it would be amazing, but it just won't work. We had the Sowlands on again and I boxed in a World Super Series and dislocate my shoulder and they're like uh, in February and they're like, yeah, but we've already done the TV deal for, for June. I'm like, well, we'll pick someone else then. I'm not gonna be going to be ready. So, you know, it couldn't have gone better for them with the cruiserweights. They had every champion in, everyone was fit. They was all paid relatively low money for what essentially was on the table and they Usyk came out unified world champion in about 12 months, which is just amazing. But then the following year, Breeders, the cruiserweight, their problems with the belt because of decisions. So fix, fixture list, it sounds great, but I just think you you will get it at lower level because the guys have to take the fights and they have to maybe fight slightly unfit. But as soon as you get to the top level, it's just going to be so difficult. You would end up listening to Cole Froch talk about why the classic was it super super six mm. series took two and a half years to get through. Yeah, there must be a middle ground because like when was the last time Errol Spence boxed? I remember, or like Terence Crawford, for instance, and we, we, everyone wants them to fight each other. So if they're not fighting, two of the biggest names, best names in the sport, you just go and fight, watch whoever is fighting. I, tw I tweeted something very similar to that, and I think this is, this is kind of what I'm getting at, is that people kind of go mad and they're, they're like, why is Terence Crawford not fighting Errol Spence? Bottom line is there's nothing in place or no company in place, no organisation in place telling them they've got to. So you're leaving it to all of those different teams and all the egos to come together and reach an agreement. But there's nothing in place in this sport that says the best fighters have to fight the best. Mm. If anything, the sanctioning bodies who seem to be the only people who are doing that are so in 
are so in conflict with each other that actually it makes it even less likely. So we've just had a situation, as you saw, George, that Fury obviously didn't fight Joshua, much to the chagrin of every casual boxing fan in the whole country, because Fury's going to fight Usyk instead for all the belts, quote unquote. But now the IBF have stuck a mandatory on him with Philip Hergovic. So now we're not even, probably not even going to get Fury Usyk. And if they do, it won't be for all the belts. It's like two stages there of pain, isn't it? <laughs> we didn't get the first one. Now we're not even going to get the second one. Yeah. And then and then it all falls apart. And by next summer, you'd be like, oh, remember all that happened? Some fights you just, you, you got to have, like um, Crawford Spence. Also on the flip side is, I don't really beat the drum for the un like all the belts unification yeah, we'll struggle because... Usyk comes out of this tournament with all the belts and he's completed boxing. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he has to move up a weight and start again. But it's funny, Boxing News have taken a stance, haven't they, Matt, on the belts. So tell us about that. Yeah, it is a stance. It's just that we felt it just became so convoluted and difficult for the majority of fans to follow all the different rankings, all the different belts, is that we now just operate to one ranking system. It's a transnational boxing board where there's 50 people all over the world. They just get together. No one's got an agenda. If you if you're, if you have any connections with anybody, with any TV companies or anything like that, then you won't be allowed on the, on the board. And it is just a case of they work out the rankings week to week. And, and I just think it's a, we're going down a bit of a difficult path here because you, you could appear to be, I'll be on, I'll be championing UFC. But when you do watch that, and it is very simply a case of, oh, this is number four versus number six. So easy to follow, isn't it? Instead of this is for the WBA intercontinental title. What's that? What's that? What's that mean? For example, like you had the WBA title and I'm not going to sit here and say you you were not the W you were not a world champion there were two WBA world titles at, at the time at the time no, try not to be disrespectful to Rocky Fielding but I'm the bigger name and I've got the super belt so have I got the better belt so am I am I the world champion and he's the sort of interim slash world champion he fights Alvarez and gets beat Alvarez his name dwarfs mine all of a sudden he's got a real world title because he's gone from an interim to a real world title and is he the world champion in the division or not me? We should point out at this point as well that the sanctioning bodies like the WBA, WBO, IBF, WBC take a sanctioning fee. So you can see what they're, where they're coming from. The more belts they got, the yeah, more sanctioning more fees are yeah. involved. That's why I had a WBC silver, which is obviously one below the, the latest one. But So every time I box with that on the line, I paid WBC sanction fee. Did it feel like money well spent? <sighs> I can't go into too many contract stuff. But yeah, yeah, at the end, I'm like, do I pay the WBC sanction fee? Like, I caught in a bit of hot water about the, 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 the IBO. And Eubank had it at the time when I'm fighting Eubank. I know that this team of promoters, they want to sell the show. but And I've got, in my mind, the legitimate world title, and he doesn't, Eubank. So don't call this a unification. If you call it a unification, you got to pay me more. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Women's boxing then, Matt. So this has been a massive sea change since you have been in charge of boxing news. How has that gone down in your readership and therefore, in your view, the rest of kind of boxing? Um, it's been really interesting to kind of witness it, actually, because um, when we started to increase the coverage of women's boxing, which is probably from around 2016, I think, you would get readers right in the, and I could almost picture them when you were reading their words, what they would say, they were, this is disgraceful. You shouldn't be having women on the pages of boxing news. The women's body was not designed to get punched. You were getting that. Yeah, you were getting that. And you're thinking, well, nobody's really designed to get punched, let's face it. <laughs> but, but now, uh, this year in particular, I think off the back of uh, Taylor Serrano and more recently, um, Shields Marshall, we've had quite a few letters, quite a few emails from people saying, actually, I've gone completely changed my mind on this. The first female fight that made the cover was the Terry Harper and Natasha Jonas draw. So and that was in the summer of 2020. It's a really good fight. But I remember wrestling with that decision in my mind the day before. What is the reaction going to be like? But now I'm pleased to say that we've got a lot more female subscribers. And do you know what? How that sport is at the moment, it's almost showing the men how it could be done. Now we know there's a huge, that you've got elite level at the very top, haven't you? But then the problem is, of course, is that the talent pool is quite shallow. And so you can still see fights that I believe are quite ugly. And I, I remember seeing women's boxing many, many years ago, long before anybody knew who Katie Taylor was or who Nicola Adams was. And you would see quite ugly spectacles because you had one who could fight and someone else who looked like they'd just been dragged from the bar and thrown in the ring, and it just becomes horrible. And I think for a lot of people, that was their memory of it, and they found it hard to accept what we're currently going through now. But I think it's, I think it's terrific because if it's well-matched, and this is the problem, it's not always well-matched, but when it is well-matched and it's elite level, 99 times out of 100, that's a heck of a scrap mm -hmm. that you're about to watch. Because there's 10-2s as well. There's no, it's all killer. No filler. The tent yeah, the tent we had we've got something in, in, in boxing news recently where someone is advocating that men's boxing should be two minute rounds because that two minute round almost demands them just to go all out. Yeah. But when it's fast and furious, it's hard to develop the skills and I think that's what women's boxing will need. Right. You want to appreciate the skill element to boxing. Otherwise you're like, Oh, I can get fit and anyone else can have a go and and when there are women that are being fast tracked because they've got talent and the talent ball is shallow are you winning it on just, you know, Being fit. bit of fitness mm. and a half decent bit of boxing? Yeah. What was interesting though, in that Jonas Harper week, the first time women have been on the cover of Boxing News, what did it do for sales that week? Can you remember? They were not great. They weren't great. No. Yeah. But then the the cover for Taylor Serrano did really well. To, I guess it, that the equivalent of that, Taylor Serrano, the biggest fight in women's boxing, is equivalent of like Canelo Golovkin. How's it doing numbers-wise for a Canelo Golovkin week? Similar? No, because you've really got your Canelos, your Golovkins, and as we mentioned, the Furies and the Joshuas, which do really move the dial. A Taylor Serrano, a, a good level men's, maybe domestic world title fight, something like that, uh, in terms of that. It's, it's a good solid yeah. cover. It's a good solid cover. I wouldn't think twice. If no, a fight like that, you don't think twice. That's going on the cover. Last 
thorny, maybe the thorniest of all issues in unboxing. The issues of performance in arts and drugs in boxing, which obviously you've alluded to as a bad week, obviously a terrible week for the sport. How bad is the problem from your point of view as keeping an eye on the sport from all levels? What what are we dealing with here? It's it's common, it's prevalent, but I feel that in a similar way to some of my other concerns with aspects of boxing, the fact that there's different drug testing agencies operating and there isn't one consistent system that everybody is sticking to that we've got a problem i think the only way that you can say you're truly attempting to combat it is if you've got random testing 365 days a year and it has to happen and it has to be more regular than it is at the moment so i know the clean wb say say they've got the clean boxing program but the harsh truth of it is is that the people that are designing and peddling the drugs will ge are generally one step ahead of the people that are testing them. That's really, really difficult mm. to combat. I think the shocking thing is for a lot of people is they'll just assume you're a professional boxer, you're on the doping system. It's like, no, you're not. Yeah. It might be six, six to a dozen British boxers will be getting randomly drug tested. That is all. That is it. You know, once you get to championship level, and this is just from my experience, once you got to championship level um, and it had to be a decent fight as well, you would do drug testing on fight night. It was only when you start to get to world title level or be, even become a world champion when you would be on that 365 you know, days a year doping sort of setup where they can show up at your house. And then in that time with me, uh, WBC launched their sort of um, clean program. So if you was WBC ranked, that brought in a load more fighters from Britain because I think top 15 or something, it was easy mm. enough. You had to pay for it. It came out of somewhere, you know, someone was paying for it, whether it be the promoter and it's coming off your purse or something like that. And maybe it will get cheaper the more fighters you've got on the system. I know it costs money, but the, the more fighters you get on there, then... You know, you, they do passport bloods. I don't know a lot about the science, but they do passport bloods to test who you are, basically what you're made of, how much testosterone or whatever you just naturally produce. That should be done the second you turn pro. I don't believe that many fighters are on it. Like they say, like, you know, people say, oh, 80, 90% of fighters out there are on it. It costs so much money. And first and foremost, 80 or 90% of, of the athletes and fighters out there have got integrity. They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't, they wouldn't want to be that person. And then who do you speak to if you want to go start cheating? Like, yeah, I always do one of them. Who do you speak same to? Same with Conor Ben. Like, what, how did, if, it, if he is, we still don't know what's happened here, but where does that happen? It has to be a matter of priority that when a fighter is caught with illegal substances in their system and it's proven that they were trying to cheat they then have to face a ban but in order perhaps but so, so they get what four-year ban if they then give the information of where they got them from in the first place and who's peddling it then they can get that ban reduced to three years mm. and it's all things like we never get to hear about who is in the ear of these fighters because then as you say you're not just going to wake up one day and go oh no what i'm going to do today start taking performance enhancing drugs someone is in their ear hole yeah. someone is in their ear hole and and assisting it and facilitating the whole process i know you say it's probably not 80 or 90 percent it, it might not be but it might be because we don't know mm. and when boxing can't defend itself it has it hasn't got a, an effective system in place that's when the problem is um and I understand 100% how expensive it is. I get that. But should it not be a priority before we start staging any fights, we can make, we, we, we're doing our utmost to ensure that all the fighters involved in them are clean. Mm -hmm. Should that not be an absolute necessity that that's where we're spending the money? The mad thing as well is that we're told that Conor Ben failed a test, a WBC clean boxing program test 
in July. Yeah. Nobody was told, or very few people were told, and the fight was still going to happen. It didn't have to tell them. Didn't because, have to tell them. Because the fight hadn't with, with Eubank. Even though the, the negotiations were at a very, very advanced stage, yeah. they're on the brink of announcing it as a fight. Didn't the fight done. hadn't been signed, so they didn't have to tell Chris Eubank Jr. So before like before the this bit of how do we find out people are clean or dirty, actually there's a problem that even when we do find out people are dirty, there's nothing in place. Like Conor Ben has still not been banned. Why would he be banned? Because he still hasn't been charged with anything anything actually he's, he's failed he's had this atypical finding or adverse finding in his sample but he hasn't been banned by anyone he has since been stripped of his license or relinquished his license but that was for a disrepute charge not actually anything to do with it so even when someone has banned substances in their system twice in the space of a few months they still don't know what to do with them we still we still have no clear system of what to do with them that's a big problem and a, a, another problem is I mean, look at me. I've come on this podcast. I've brought the mood right no, down, and I don't worry. Got, got a feature in a minute. That was sort of how. Um, but you have to ask a question: Where, if the British Boxing Board of Control have found out about these drug tests, which you know, which we know as a matter of fact they did, why they then can't go and do the things that they want to do? Mm -hmm. And it does almost come down to a fact of who has got the biggest legal clout, and it's very, very difficult for uh, for, for the border control. But at the moment. They don't look great in all of this, but they're staying quiet, whereas the other side are not staying quiet. They're very much getting their battle lines drawn, aren't they? Mm. But, um, How damaging is it for the sport? It's, it's, ma it's massively damaging. I don't think anybody, anybody that follows sport will know that this kind of thing will go on. But it's when the sport cannot then enforce any punishment or appears to enforce a punishment that doesn't really fit the crime. It's, it's all about image, I think. And this, and just to kind of put it all in, into, in the nutshell, boxing has got to be really, really careful about its image as it moves forward and stop presuming that the only people are paying attention are those that are already inside. We just need to look at what's going on with the International Olympic Committee. And it looks like that after 2024, boxing will no longer be an Olympic sport, that people from the outside are paying attention. They're not liking what they're seeing. So I just, again, from for, for a love of boxing, everybody just needs to make sure, if not doing the right thing all the time, it's trying to. It's that that probably annoys and upsets me more than anything else because people are just not, they're walking along without a care in a world, very, very selfishly, and I think the sport will pay the price in the long run. It is almost impossible to, to get to the bottom of sometimes as well, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. usually, and I'm not, not going to beat on about um, Eubank Ben, but it doesn't matter who it is, it's an adverse finding. We've got to wait for a B sample. Sometimes everything just goes dead and underground and no one hears it. We don't even know. We mentioned, no one mentions a B sample. Sometimes fights go ahead, sometimes they don't. There's business to be done. It's never a good situation for anyone. So, um, and then there was always that element of uh, someone just got really unlucky and tested positive when actually there's nothing in their system. Like how reliable are the, there's so many questions about it. So you, it's impossible to get, to get to the bottom of anything. Um, and you, you know, you never want to tarnish anyone with, um, the bad brush. I don't know, you know, so. Do you know what is possible to get to the bottom of? <laughs> Today's feature. Today's feature. Oh God, that's oh, a listener. I'm actually, Here we go. I'm right. actually nervous for this. <laughs> this is this is the really good feature. You like this? Best one we've ever done. Always. This is the best feature, Matt, we've ever done. I'm no, I'm really nervous. So we ba about this we battled in some um, feature names. I'm going to go through some of the feature names. Go on then. I'll rattle these off in traffic, going around Hogarth roundabout. Pretty <laughs> dangerous, really. But Matt Emotion was on mine, like paint based. I used to get called Gloss quite a lot. <laughs> 
I was trying to be <laughs> a bit clever to start with. So we had pumpkin spice matte white. Terrible. Full matte latte. <laughs> the earth is matte. <laughs> uh, I tip my mat to him. The key is under the mat. I smell a mat. I like that one. It's a mat race. I was talking about boxing in general. So what did we How's get How's that, Matt? No, I think we'd just go like a mat out of hell. Do the jingle if you don't want. Cue jingle. Like a mat out of hell. Right, it's deck beat Matt. <laughs> I was going to, if we had buzzers, I would have gone buzzer first one in because this felt like a buzzer first one in one. But I think I'll just go, you go, I go. Okay. Got a little tiebreaker just in case. Right, I've got two questions and I need you to smash them together to create the answer. So for example, Heavyweight boxer, nicknamed the greatest, and an English singer, rapper, dancer, formerly of Mystique, who's a judge on Britain's Got Talent. I got Alicia Dixon. No, but the answer would be Mohammed Alicia, Alicia Dixon. Dixon. Yes, I got you. Word smash. Word smash. Uh, Mohammed Alicia Dixon. That's Mohammed Alicia great. Dixon, right? Deck is going to be very good at this. Yeah. Matt, well, do you want to we'll go first or second? I'll go. I'll go second, please. Right, here we go. right. Question one. Deck. Dun, 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 dun. Former WBO light welterweight champion who recently lost to Conor Ben with Bayesian pop star who's had 14 number one singles including Umbrella and We Found Love. Chris Algeriana. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really fall down on, on the... Uh, yeah, the, 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 the common the affairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, no, you're a man of the world. Former British cruiserweight and heavyweight world champion with niece of Alec Baldwin married to Justin. David Hay, I don't know. I thought it was I'll pass it over. I She's married to Justin. <laughs> Literally, any other Justin? I know Alec Baldwin used to be married to Kim Bassinger. Just, I'm gonna give it to you. Give us a Justin. Right, it? it was David Haley Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's you are terrible. Right, well done. Right, back to deck. Right, thanks. I'm one nil up. I'll take it. Former WBC cruiserweight world champion, star of Creed, yeah. with the 100 and 200 meter world champion record holder. Tony Bell, Usain Bolt. Yes. I, I, I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> <laughs> he said he's a listener. He should have yeah. known some shit was around the corner. British Olympic silver medalist from Athens with American rapper who released his debut studio album College Dropout in 2004. <sighs> Amir Khan. And what was the Come other one? On. UK rapper, uh, American rapper, College Dropout. Got load of trainers. Shall I put Matt of his misery? Yeah. Amir Kanye West. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Man. I should have really had a little guess there, shouldn't I? Yeah. yeah. Right, number five. Go on. Irish boxer who recorded wins over Chris Eubank and Nigel Benn yeah. with Mean Girls and Freaky Friday actress. Steve Collins Leo. Steve Collins Lohan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought that was going to be former Fulham striker Collins John. Right, number six, Matt. Come on, give me an easy one here, will you? Right, the current female unified like welterweight world champion with. Ginger Harry Potter character. I don't, I can't even think of his name. I'm trying to think of the boxer. Light welterweight. It's Chantel Cameron. Do you know what? You think, must know this one. Do you know, I think, I'm, Harry I think I'm getting the hang of it. Sham, <laughs> Shan, Chantel Cameron Weasley. Yes. Yeah, He's back we'll in again. Yeah, take right, there we go. Chantel Cameron right. Weasley. <laughs> go on. Cam Ronald Weasley. Yeah. Uh, 90s British heavyweight favourite with former league guitarist of Oasis. Frank Brew, Noel Williams. Noel Williams? Noel Williams, Noel Williams no, we're passing it over. Fuck. Who's Noel Williams? Gift of Noel Williams. Frank, <laughs> Frank Brew, Noel Gallagher. That's good, that right, one. Right, number eight. Oh, gosh, how many are there? <laughs> 27. <laughs> <laughs> there was quite a few. I got on a bit of a float, yeah. Right, American heavyweight, known as the Brown's Bomber. Yeah, American heavyweight, known as the Brown's Bomber. 
with Radio 2 presenter best known for presenting X Factor. Best known for presenting X Factor? Yeah, he's and he's on like this morning and stuff like that. Deontay Wilder... No, I, I can't. I can't think of this guy. Uh, I can't th- I'm not the one. You've not got the next one? Is it Ronan Kemp? No, 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 no. Uh, he wild as right. Obviously. Right. Uh, Radio 2 presenter, but he's he's a TV guy. ITV. Dermot uh, O'Leary. Is it? Oh, uh, he does. Pre- yeah, okay. Do you want oh, to say Wild well Dermot O'Leary? Oh, yes. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. Right, number nine, back to you, Rudek. God. Right, Manchester oh. fighter known as the Hitman with popular breakfast cereal character. Oh, Ricky Hattoni the Tiger. Yes. Oh, I've got that one. That's the first. I've got that. Right. Former uh, former boxer who fought Khan, Hatton. This one's quite hard, actually. Former boxer who fought Khan, Hatton, Broner, and Eggington. Yeah, no. Paul Malinagi. With an Italian chef who rose to fame on ITV's This Morning. I know it. Oh, what's his name? Give me a clue. Does he also present Family Fortunes? I don't watch a lot of TV. It starts with the end of Malinagi. There's your clue. <laughs> this is a good one. He can't. We can't. I'm about seven ahead anyway. He yeah. can't win. He needs a snooker. I really want to do the tiebreaker as well, but we'll do it. Put it I don't know. I can't think. Oh, Should I do it? Go on then. Paulie Malanagino de Campo. Yes. Yeah, that's, that was the, that's, <laughs> that's the one. You can pick strong. Him. Right, number eleven. Go on then, tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you, Ugandan middleweight who fought Gerald McLennan and Terry Norris with fictional Extenders character for a famous line. Ricky. John Moo Garbianka. Yeah. What's her surname? Jackson. Jackson, yeah. <laughs> uh, before she's married. Yeah. I think. Oh, the other Robert, way. Robert McGarvey. That was right down your street. That yeah, was perfect. Yeah, perfect. George. Thanks, John Garbianka. That's, that's the first time I've ever had to answer a question. <laughs> yeah. I fucking nailed it. Get me back on here more. Right, last question. This is for the. This is if this is to keep you in it, Matt. Right. <laughs> I'm still in it, is it? Yeah. You'll definitely get this one as well. Oldest heavyweight champion in history with Spanish waiter from Vaulty Towers. George for Manuel. Yes! <laughs> on a high. Here we go. Right, last one. Okay, just sort of shits and giggles. Just for the right. fuck of it. Right, it's a tiebreaker. So now this is a free way. You're in, are you? No, no, no. A oh. free, free way answer, right? Oh, so okay. whoever buzzes in first gets it. Oh, fuck, it's a triple. Right, yeah. So it's a triple. Karaoke Gypsy King with Spoon Bending Psychic with 16-0 IBO Super Midweight Champion. IBO? IBO Super Midweight World Champion. Oh, what uh, are you bringing them in for? Tyson Fury Geller... Who's the fucking IBO champion 16 and 0? Where's it? Where are they from? What, 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 what they're, from like, they're from like South London. Tyson Fury, Geller, Own Richards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Like a man out of hell. I'll tell you what is um what will be very solid as well. I can I know is Matt's ring walk tune. I want you to pick the song that would be the cover of your boxing news. Premier, premiership <laughs> fight yeah could be bad could be yeah what song could be a sad one <laughs> do you know what the song I was going to have really doesn't work on the front cover of my boxing news journey I guess two then Here Comes the Sun by oh, the Beatles tune be the ring walk I mean does it you get pumped does it you do the Beatles it would one, not, it would I'd do it the would. Nina Simone it would one. and bright lights shining off um, mm. yep it would and what for my yeah what what song encapsulates the the story of your boxing news premiership bittersweet symphony probably that's good (laughs) yeah perfect (laughs) it really is (laughs) try and make ends meet try to make some money then you die yeah it's about spot on it's true it's true can't Can't say fairer than that can we can we get a picture here in the studio and make next week's cover (laughs) 
Imagine that. My dad will be so proud. My mum will be in Sainsbury's like, fuck it out. <laughs> don't speak like that at all. <laughs> uh, how are your weekends, Matt? Just one last question on it, because that's in the middle of the week. Middle of the week, literally, is the middle of the week for you. It's not the end. They're, they're hectic. Um, I mean, I probably don't go to as much boxing as I used to. But what I do find in order to kind of try and retain your sanity is the more writing I'm doing, the more difficult it is to edit stuff. So if I, what I used to always do would be like, right, Canelo's fighting, I'm going to that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do fight week. And then you've got still on top of that, you've got to put a magazine together, you've got to look after the website, et cetera, et cetera. But no, weekends are really, really hectic. I have to watch, I don't watch everything live, but I will watch everything that I possibly can because I have to. You can't let it pass you I by, can you? I have to, no. Mm -hmm. So even when I come back from a holiday, I will go back and watch the fights that took place while I was on holiday and make sure I've seen as much as I possibly can. Do you reckon he's a double speed merchant? Yeah, he's campaigning for the two minute rounds for he's men, at least isn't he? A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's got that on times two, 100%. Yeah, three, three twos for men, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll let you get back to it, Matt. Thanks so much for coming in, mate. That was, that was a privilege. Awesome, Matt. Thanks for bringing us up to speed with the famous boxing news. And what's the pod? The opening bell? Opening Another bell. great pod. You and Alex Steven, what yeah. a duo. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah. He's really brilliant. Definitely Who wins it? Me and you against those two in a fight. In a fight? We'd batter him, George. Yeah. I mean, Surely, of course you I mean, would. Just send Georgia. That was ridiculous. Just send Georgia and I'll just do the playlist. It's <laughs> just a non-question. Is it? <laughs> Stephen can throw down. When you he goes, he goes. I'll, I'll you take, take Matt on Matt. If he, yeah, we're softening. We'll kill him in kindness first. Yeah. We're getting his head. But get on that pod as well. And obviously go and buy the boxing news. Available buy on it, it, electronically it. as well now, which is the it is, yeah. game changer for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Just, just subscribe to it. Subscribe yeah. to it. Mm. Go subscribe for it. to it, baby. Right, cheers, Matt. Thank you. There you go, Deg. What'd you make of that? I can't really remember much of the episode apart from me winning the, the feature. That's my first win. Yes. That's my first head-to-head. Is, head it? Head is it your first win? Well, it's the first head-to-head -head in the feature, and I've, I've absolutely annihilated him in the Matt Out of Hell. I thought Matt Out of Hell was made for Matt. Yeah. But it turns out it wasn't. Absolutely not. He looks like the sort of dude who sits there and word smashes most things. <laughs> um, he's, he's too trying... stressed out. He is, yeah. Actually, uh, let me tell you a story about him that we didn't get in the pod, but he was very stressed out once for Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder one in LA. Me and him and a few other journalists rented a house in Venice Beach for fight week. It was an amazing nice. week. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Anyway, on the Sunday, the Sunday, all the work's done. I say all the work, a lot of the work's done. We're sort of winding down, going to fly that day, fly that evening. So we're in a, in a bar on the beach having a beer. Job well done. What a fight. What a week. And then Matt realises, he starts touching his pockets. He's like, I ain't got my passport. We're like, what do you mean you ain't got your passport? And he's like, I don't know where it is. He realises that he's left it in the drawer of his bedside table and cue him just leaving the table and just running the whole length of Venice Beach with his backpack on, his little bald head bouncing around in the sun, sweat pouring from him, just running probably 200 metres back to the Airbnb just to try and salvage his passport. It could have ended badly. Did he find it? He, he was there. I think the cleaner was just about to nick it, but he got there in time and he got <laughs> it himself. It was a cleaner bald-headed as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looked just like him. Yeah. Birmingham accent. Yeah. But yeah, so that just a little insight there. That's This is a guy who's perennially on the edge. And do you know what he would have needed? Go on. Philip Sharkey. Yeah. His photo booth. That's what, we filmed it. I'll try uh, and dig out the video. Get I'll, back and listen to Sharkey. Tell you how to make a passport in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's what he needed. Get down Oxford Street. I'll try and dig out the video. We'll put it on socials. They will love that, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> 
speaking of socials, we yeah. got some, haven't we, George? We got we were always on the social. Got plug the socials deck. Yeah, go on, plug right. them. You can reach us, which we like being reached. Yeah. Uh, at the GG Boxing Club on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Send us your music. Send us your music. Why not? Boxing memories. Yes. Uh, boxing memories. And if you've got anything you want to say, a bit more long form, so to speak. Email is probably the best, isn't it, George? Email. And what email address should they get us on? I reckon they should do it at ggboxingclub at crowdnetwork.co.uk. And, George, mm. if you want another boxing podcast to listen to, if you're not scratched the itch, you should check out Macklin's Take. And that is each week commentator and pundit Andy Clark alongside the three-time world title challenger Matt Macklin take a deep dive into the fight game with topical debate, big name guests and boxing insiders. They'll bring you all of that, all the good stuff. Just search for Macklin's Take in your podcast app right about when? Now. Now. Deck, we are back on Wednesday. Oh, two pod week. Yes, who have we got? We've got Ellie Scottney. She's one of my favourite fighters right now. Um, she's a pocket rocket. She does everything so neat and tidy. A great uh, ambassador of sport. Can't wait to get her on the show. Can't wait till she comes down the apples and pears and talks in our... How would you say ears? Uh, oh, bollocks. Let's prep that for the next post. Yes. Get her down the apple and pears and get her talking in our ears. Ellie Scottney, I can't wait. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.